Hello, and welcome to Tales from the Border. This is a podcast where we discuss all things tabletop gaming. I'm Darren. I'm Chris. I'm Richard. And I'm Rob. So, what's been going on in the news this week? Uh, well, I've been looking forward to uh, Warcry for quite some time now, since uh, basically I saw it at uh, the Games Day, uh, Warhammer Games Day in May, uh, and they've been slowly drip-feeding a bunch of uh, previews and things like that on the, the Warhammer community website, and they finally released a, uh, a pre-order date, which is this Saturday. So um, I'm really looking forward to picking up that. You get two warbands, a couple of bunches of scenery, some more monsters to look at. Um, and put together, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite pricey. It's going to be about hundred quid uh, if you buy it from GW stores. But if you shop around, you probably ought to get it a little bit cheaper than that. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. It uh, looks pretty cool. So is that a pre-order date or is that a release? Uh, it's a pre-order date. It's actually released on the third of August. August, we have to wait. Yes, yeah. So it's uh, it's only two weeks on Saturday. Yeah, that's not very long at all. No, no. So what is it? Another Warhammer. Yeah, it's, okay. it's it's set in the Warhammer Age of Sigmar uh, uh, okay. setting, uh, and you're basically one of a bunch of chaos warbands, and it's got things for kind of narrative play, campaign play, uh, and kind of match play, so you can play you know whatever style of game you really want. Yeah, and I think all of the warbands have got a huge amount of character. Um, yeah. You know, obviously with the caveat that they're all very Games Workshop big burly men with big burly axes. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's kind of what we play it for. He hasn't got the muscles to pick up that axe. Yes. It's not realistic. Exactly. <laughs> so, Chris, what have you been up to this week? Any news or any games you've been playing? Um, I have... Well, I, I'm an avid fan and player of uh, the Transformers trading card game. I've ju- I, Me and my friend... <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I had to move on from Yu-Gi-Oh, though, didn't I? So, so Transformers was yeah, the next, the next puberty, co- doesn't it? The next quite, coolest thing. Not quite a big enough boy to get magic. No, I, no, I, I don't want to go down that hole of Magic: The Gathering. So um. now I have to stick up for Chris. I we played uh, the Transformers card game the other week, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, it's a good game. It's not very, it's not very complicated. It's not exactly the most uh, challenging game to, to get get into but you know it's fun and yes. it, the cards are really kind of evocative of the game you know they're absolutely massive sort of character cards um and you get combining uh transformers that you know you chuck a whole bunch of cards together to make so i think it's it's it's, it's fun yeah you know and i've just I've, I've just finished opening my wave two box i usually buy a box wave one box wave two box so wave three has been released a while now and they've just announced wave four so i'm a bit behind due to money yeah but apart from that yeah i'm just <laughs> i'm enjoying it cool <laughs> So what's your most uh, rare card for that, then? Character card? Oh, my God. Um, I have... Uh, most expensive-wise, I've got a rare Optimus Prime. Yeah. Wave 1 Optimus Prime. Yeah, okay. yeah which is cool. Yeah. yeah he, he, he's very OP in the game. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember being beaten around the head by yes. him several times. <laughs> um, but the th- I think the thing about that is there's about four or five different Optimus Primes, isn't there? Oh, At least yeah. in Wave 1. And, and um, ten different bumblebees. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're really playing up to the whole... Yeah. You know, fan base here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rich, what have you been up to? I'm trying to get a Apocalypse Army table mm. ready. Is, uh, does that mean you've bought one and you're painting it, or you're in the process of buying? No, or? I'm in the process of making my Death Guard into an Apocalypse-ready army. Oh, okay. Uh, I have all the stuff from the original release. 
of Death God still in boxes. So is the Apocalypse stuff coming out this weekend, or did it come out last weekend? Apocalypse is already out. Yeah, It came out two weeks ago. Oh, okay. But um, the Apocalypse game we're playing is going to be... Um, we're just using 8th Ed rules. Uh, so it's 12 people, 6 aside, 3,000 points each. That sounds like it's going to be pretty epic. It's going to be a 10-hour game. Yeah. Oh, I remember those heady days where spent ten, <laughs> 10 hours playing a game. <laughs> when we had the time. Yeah. And yeah. I've got about a week and a half left yeah. to get it table ready. Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> You've already got a game scheduled then. You just haven't actually got an army to play yet. I've, in between uni work and actual work, it's been quite difficult to get anything done. Yep. yep. <laughs> Darren, anything uh, from your point of view? Um, nothing specifically gaming related. There's one little piece of news that we've previously discussed that I thought was probably worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. That is the uh, announcement that there will be a 40k TV series. Oh being yes, produced. Yeah, we did um, have a quick chat about but, that. Uh, sounds sounds delightful. From the uh, the showrunners of uh, the Man in the High Tower, Man in the High Castle, High Castle. That's the one. The Amazon uh, Prime series mm. and it will be based on the Eisenhorn trilogy. Which I have to say is my probably my favourite bit of 40k fiction. C- uh, certainly up yeah. there in, in my high yeah. points. Uh, either that. Dan Abnett is one of the best author, uh, sci-fi authors of the modern age. Well, mm. I think that's that's probably overegging it slightly. Certainly the that's best forty statement. He's yeah. certainly the best 40k writer. <laughs> yeah, that, definitely uh, the best 40k writer. Certainly uh, the, one of the better. Pulp sci-fi. Pulpy yeah. sci-fi fiction writers, yeah. I preferred Ravener to Eisenhorn. Yeah, I, must I think. Be, I think so, I, but I um, really maybe if, uh, if this TV series goes well, then they might adapt Ravener as a sequel series. Well, of course, Ravener was introduced in... Yes, he's part, so. he's, it's the same lore. It's yeah. very much the yeah, same, uh, same story arc. But yeah, I think in terms of quite the Eisenhorn and, and Ravenna trilogies, why they were so widely received is because of the, the quality of the writing and mm. the world building outside of what the tabletop games we'd all been used to. So hopefully they can carry that over into the uh yeah. into the production values and, and certainly give us something we've not seen before from a from a games workshop yeah. license. Well I think uh probably uh talked enough about the news and uh, what's been going on this couple of weeks. 40k. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> we know a 40k podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. That's... Perhaps we should talk about the thing that we we, are, we will be our top build on our uh, <laughs> on our podcast page, which will be uh, Fiasco, which uh, I brought to the group, uh, well, many, many years ago, but uh, we played again this week, uh, just to, to, to kind of refresh our memories of the, uh, the game system and how it played and all that sort of stuff. So... Shall I give a brief overview of what Fiasco is for the two people listening that might not know what it is? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, think so. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> well, uh, Fiasco it's it's a two thousand and nine game, so ten years old. Jesus, that's quite a scary thought. Um, uh, game by a chap called Jason Morningstar, uh, published by Bully Pulpit Games, um, and it's a very free flowing, diceless or very very dice light, narrative heavy. Uh, role-playing game, uh, inspired by cinematic tales of small-time capers gone disastrously wrong. So if you think things like uh, Fargo, uh, uh, Blood Simple, A Simple Plan, those sorts of small-town capers where everything goes wrong um, and uh, all the bad guys are really bad, all the good guys are really corrupt, um, and there are small-time uh, 
uh, crooks that uh, dream big uh, and then succeed not at all, uh, and usually either die in the attempt or get brutally uh, uh, maimed or uh, put in prison or, or basically, you know, it, it all goes horrifically wrong for them. Um, so the main premise of Fiasco is that you choose a playset, which is the kind of the setting for the game, and these have got pre-generated or predetermined relationships, needs, objects and locations that you kind of roll for at the beginning of the game. But the unique way this works is that instead of rolling for an individual character, you roll a relationship between two characters. So, for example, uh, last night we were playing the the, the, the London Gangster playset, and uh, my relationship to Rich was that uh, I was a con man and he was my mark. Uh, my relationship with Darren was that uh, we were both drug dealers. You you have the, the objects and locations, which can be things like a, uh, a bar or a club uh, or a, a stack of cash, and then you build up a number of scenes that kind of explain what's going on with those particular characters, and you try to work towards these, these needs and objects and locations. So yeah, I think we all had a fairly good time with it yesterday. Yeah, it was... <laughs> he says <laughs> guardedly, because... Uh... Once it got going, yeah. it was fun. Yeah, I think the problem with Fiasco is that it does take a fair bit of time to get going. I, I think we, we spent as much time working out all the relationships before we started the game as we did actually playing the game. Yeah. I think yeah, we almost yeah. had, had as much fun <laughs> setting it up as we did <laughs> playing the game. Yeah. I, it, it's one of those games that I think the, the, the more you put into it and the more you're able to kind of be a, uh, a bit of a drama queen... If you're into that sort of thing where you're playing a character that's over the top um, in a ridiculous situation and you play it to the hilt, you're going to get more out of it than if you're a bit of a wallflower and you're not really that into role-playing as such. If you're more into rolling dice and hitting things, then this is probably not the game for you, uh, I have to say. It, it's definitely one for players that are more interested in... Uh, I hate to say to use we're acting, but that sort of, you know... Um, that sort of thing. I yeah, I like I know quite a few role players who are great at rolling dice and coming up with great sort of action scenes describing what their character does. But you put them in a social situation where they have to interact with an with an NPC and they can't do it. They just clam straight up and don't know what to do. Yeah. And whereas this being actually being diceless when you're actually role playing, you have to rely on that that internal role play skill that. Some people just don't have. I think it's it's it it, it 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 takes a lot for people to be uninhibited enough to to be able to do it. I think you know everybody can do it and everybody can get something out of it. But I think you're probably right in that if you are less inhibited, uh, then you'll you'll get more out of it. Definitely. Well, we jokingly said that it's a game where alcohol. If alcohol is involved, it certainly makes it easier. And although it was said in jest, it certainly it, does. It yeah. certainly does help. You know, it, it you know, I greases those wheels. lubrication was the term. Yes. Sort of. yes, yes, yes. Talking of lubrication, what was your relationship to uh, Chris last night, uh, <laughs> Darren? We're just friends. You definitely, definitely not shagging. Yes, that's and that was word for word what was written. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think one of the the key things about uh, Fiasco is that if you have a if you have a good play set. Uh, that certainly helps. There are a few dead ends that you might fall into. So if you have a particular relationship that doesn't really play out or doesn't really make that much sense, it just doesn't get used at all. Uh, so I think 
you know, the, 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 we were quite lucky last night, and the, the, the relationships that we had between each other were all sort of they all came to the fore. But uh, there was a need that um, uh, I had, which was to get answers about Rich's parentage, which just didn't come into play at all last night. No, you know, it didn't happen at all. No, no, it didn't fit. No, no, because the the, the the basic <clears throat> premise, I think, that you know, we we uh, we, we played through the game. Uh, as I said before, that uh, you can probably guess with a with a drug dealer and a con man and a mark and uh, various other friends that uh, it, it revolved around a huge stack of drugs and them being sold multiple times to multiple different people and the gen- and the consequences of those people finding out that those drugs were being sold to other people and and basically uh, my character was pretty screwed over by the end of the uh, by the end of the, uh, the the fiasco, but that I think. That is part of the charm of the game. If if you go into the game thinking, right, well, I'm going to win this game. I'm going to be, I'm going to get all good endings, and I'm going to be, you know, at the end, I'm going to be sitting on sitting pretty on top. If you go in with that mindset, uh, and if it doesn't happen, you're going to be very disappointed. If you go in there thinking, let's see what happens, let's see where the kind of the, the scenes take us, see where the the action takes us, you can have a really good time. Because the mechanics are quite interesting. Because yeah. you don't like I'm, you have. I'm sorry, there was a mechanic. <laughs> there was one slight mechanic. <laughs> it was probably it was probably the only. Mechanic. Yes, I mean it is the it is the main mechanic, isn't it? So I don't know whether you want to explain uh, it. Sure. Um, how it how it is is that uh, one character chooses either to set the scene or resolve the scene. And if they are setting the scene, they are allowed to build the environment, build the atmosphere, describe exactly what is going on, and role-play in that situation. Um, And then at the end of that uh, situation, they may role-play it, and then the rest of the group, as a a combined effort, can decide whether this situation goes well or goes badly for this character. On the other side, what they can do is instead let the group set the scene, set the atmosphere, role-play it, which you can still role-play in, and then you decide whether you do well or you do badly. And this is uh, determined with, um, was it eight of each dice on the table? Uh, there were four dice for each player. Four so dice. Six, 16 dice altogether. 16 dice. And so there are equal amounts of good and bad. So you can't just pick, I want to be, I want to have good endings all the time, or I don't want to have bad endings all the time. And the dice which you accumulate over the game, because you end up, well, in our game, we ended up with four of each. Yeah. Uh, well, four dice in total. Yep. And what happens is, at the end of the game, you roll all the dice off, and the good dice are rolled against the bad dice, and this, um, the good dice are, mi- sorry, the minus dice are You basically bad di- take yeah. each from each other, so from you each end other. up with a, either a good a good score or a bad score. Yes, and it determines how good or bad an ending you got. Yes. Uh, which in a few of our cases was extremely good. Yes. And Two of us was really, really bad. Well, yeah. one one was worse than the other. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, mine was worse than everybody else's. Yes. So, uh, yeah. yeah, only one character ended up dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with 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 quite a, a an extended sort of um, uh, uh, you know, one of the one of the mechanics of the or the the mechanic at the end of the game is you describe how your character. Uh, experiences the aftermath of the of the, the the film for one of that word or the the, the fiasco, and so you you t- you take a dice from your pile and then you say so this is my character he is doing X, and so in, in the first one of my uh, dinoumon it was uh, this is Mike uh, he is uh, being followed out of the uh, uh, out of the room by a Russian hitman, and you can see where that 
kind of follows on. Uh, but the other players, I think you had a much better time of it at the end. Um, at least two of you ended up multi-millionaires um, smelling of roses, but then <laughs> yeah. you rolled exceptionally high for your uh, for your, your final sort of scene. So, yeah. Well, I suppose Chris's character was probably always going to end up in a good situation having four dice of the same colour. Yes. Yeah, it certainly does help, yeah. Because <laughs> I did slightly game it towards the end to make sure that I got four of yeah. the same dice yeah. to make sure that I got a good ending or a better ending at least yeah that's, I found myself very much doing the same thing at the end there where you, where you begin to have some actual some agency over what's going on in terms of how well your result is going to go I don't, you, you can't really say win or lose because it's not that kind of, type yeah. of game but how you wish your character's uh, final scene to go you obviously you accrue your dice and if you have all the same colour you have a better chance of it going better yeah. Well, so you can kind of choose to fudge, not fudge, but choose to... Um, you game it, almost. Yeah, yeah you choose... You can. Your pick choices with, are informed yeah. by what dice pool you've got. And, and I think that was one of the, the issues we had with the end of the fiasco, is we got to about four or five scenes from the end, and it was pretty clear where the, the, the whole fiasco was going to end. So instead of really establishing, you chose to resolve, so you could pick what dice you, 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 you selected... To, to, to allow you to make yeah, that choice. Yeah, you pick a good dice or a bad, or a bad dice, dice yes. yes. So, Probably worth mentioning at this point, in the, in the first half of the, the fiasco, when you choose whether or not you you have a positive or a negative result, you then get that dice with you, then must give that dice away. Yeah, but in the in second the half... In the second half, you then keep that dice. Yeah, so, so it's in the second half that you're actually building your final dice pool. Yeah. So it becomes more about that than about the particular saga is going yeah. on at the time. Well, I remembered from playing from previous experiences that middle of the road was gave you it gave you exceptionally boring endings. It was almost better to go balls out. Yeah. I want to have the best ending ever, or Extremes. I want I want the extreme crap ending because yeah. everything in the middle just it was just so anticlimactic. Yeah, you've been shot in the leg, uh, but you're yeah, but you're fine. Yeah, you know, you crawl home fine. and you live your life. Yeah, or well. Mine and uh, Darren and myself, we ended up with loads of money. I was on a desert island somewhere, you know, sipping cocktails, and you had 100 million in the bank, whereas <laughs> Rob was dead with his son dropping out of university and like, uh, becoming a drug mule. Yeah, drug mule for Darren's character. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, mine ended up being um, horribly disfigured. That was his, it. Yeah, with losing his, uh, all your bottle money. Butler being uh, brutally murdered and then ended up homeless and. <laughs> Which was interesting. On the street. <laughs> I, I thought those were interesting ends to the character arc. Whereas I think yeah. if it had ended a very middle of the road, okay, I got away, but I lost a bit of money, and oh, I was okay. I think I would have been a very, I would have been a bit disappointed with my ending. Yeah, and I think it's the same with like a lot of role plays. If you don't get a big climax at the end in any role play, yeah. you do feel a bit cheated. Yeah, and so that's why I. But that's from playing it before. I think you know. Yeah. I think one of the things we we did find with Fiasco was that the the aftermath can be the most boring part. Yes, you know, you, once you're once you're given absolute control of how your character is gonna progress, you know, it, it's it. If you've if you've got like I say, you've got a, a fairly middle of the road ending, it's 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 a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah, especially if you've built this character up for the past three hours to to be epic or yeah. you know or to fail epically. You know, yeah. <laughs> whichever yeah, exactly. way you look at it. Um. Other downsides that I found to the game was the beginning. 
I find the beginning very slow. Yeah. And that is just the awkwardness of the situation. Because it's literally one, two, three, this is your situation, go. Yes. And there's no it's, scene it's, setting. You're the scene setter. Yeah. It's, it's very, it does feel very much like, you know, fourth year drama. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on, fellas. Let's get into a circle and we'll, we'll improvise something. <laughs> yeah, and, introduce you know, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everyone you feel. Yeah. And, so mm. it, it does, it did have a whiff of that. And yeah. if you're not comfortable with that, getting into the swing of things is it's difficult. It's not for the shy player yeah. at that's, all. That's kind of what we're getting at there is primarily my biggest gripe with this as a game hmm. is basically is it actually a game <laughs> I, mean, I, guess, I was thinking in, this in the today. result it's not real life so yes it is a game and it is a tabletop role-playing game hmm. but it is it a role-playing game in the same way that everybody who plays role-playing games knows role-playing games to be it's a game no. in the very loosest terms of game. <laughs> in the very loosest terms. Because it's more it's a of very a very thin pamphlet of a, of a very basic structure. And what that structure is doing is being the audience at your improv theatre performance. <laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking today. It's, it's an if, improv if, show. If you, if you want to do improv theatre, there's plenty of places to go and do improv theatre. And the, the <laughs> crowd really will aren't. throw out your, <laughs> Not your theme and your relationships and your characters and, mm. and they will tell you that and this is a very very well established thing what this game is trying to do is bring that into a smaller s- scale as you say perhaps there aren't improv theatres mm. in your na- local neighbourhood <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you're if you're the kind of group who wants to be doing this sort of this sort of game then yeah. you're probably not the same kind of group who wants to be doing D&D Wolfrup I, I think Vampire. it's nice to have a balance of different things to do I think you wouldn't want to do this every week. Or you, you, you probably could do it for maybe three or four weeks, and then you'd probably go, well, let's leave it for another 12 months. I don't think it's the type of game you could play all, all the time. Because, first of all, the, the, you, it's heavily reliant on the play sets, and there aren't that many of them. I mean, well, and the players. The, yeah. You need the, you fir- need the first crowd suggestion. Yeah. You need yeah. somebody with a bit of... <laughs> yeah. A bit of imagination, to say yeah. the least. I was going to say, uh, I would recommend, if people want to sort of improve that um, sort of on-the-fly like, role-play part of other RPGs where, you know, you walk into a, a scene and you have to actually role-play the scene out rather than relying on the dice and character sheets. So that more storytelling arc of other role-play games then... I'd recommend this to improve those skills. Oh, definitely. Yeah, this role play is definitely good for definitely getting your group to feel comfortable making oh. fools of themselves with each other. Yeah. Because, to be fair, the, the amount of the amount of stupid things that we said and did, you know, <laughs> to each other yeah. in this role play, you know, and we got so comfortable with each other, and in the end, it was just flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. Yeah, went that way. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, definitely, sh- not, definitely shaggy. not shagging. That's it. it, it <laughs> I did declare my love at the end, though. It, it took me about. Yeah, I, I think you guys had a really sweet ending. It was really nice. And yeah, that, considering that was... the entire fiasco was just this brutal, you know, you had this Russian mobster who was basically threatening to kill everybody, uh, and then you just had this really sweet sort of, you know, this this bittersweet ending where one of you's on a beach and one of you's in your office and you're sending each other lovely messages. <laughs> you, could, you could never, you know, see each other again. But oh, it'd be so nice if you could. <laughs> It was it was so lovely. <laughs> well, I didn't see my character going that way at all at the beginning. No, well, and that the... was the other thing is that your characters, as they are conceived when you start the fiasco, 
can change massively f- towards the end yes. because and your your character originally uh onion was a very much a hippie uh character who was basically just a, a mate who happens to fall in with the wrong crowd or yeah. who'd, who'd become a f- the friend with a drug dealer just by chance because he happened to be a nice guy yeah with <laughs> a then, strange name with a strange name but but then by the end of the the fiasco it turned around that you know you you were in fact this this master con man. <laughs> I'd been conning rich businessmen out of millions of yeah. pounds for years yeah, for charities. Exactly. So it, it but it it flowed naturally. It kind of it wasn't like a forced. Oh, that sounds a bit weird. It yeah. you know it, it kind of built upon. There were layers and layers of you know uh, reveals that kind of led to that point. So it, it, I think it worked really yeah. well. If I'd stuck too rigidly to my character. I would not have had as much fun, and yeah. I don't think it would have. I wouldn't have enjoyed my experience. Mm. I had to evolve it to the scene that was going on yeah. because out of all the characters, we had the gangster, we had the drug dealer, we had the drug user. You know, all the yeah. the, the the mark the mark. Sorry, uh, whereas I was literally guy next door. Okay, I, w- I had a stupid name, and you know, I drank real ales, and I did a lot of charity work, but I didn't really fit in this world. Yes, and I had to change it i had to have this little dark secret in my head anyway to get involved although playing the third party characters was fun as well i found yeah you, like that's one i'm not sure whether you mentioned it you don't have to stick to your characters you can be anyone in the world mm. so i think we end i think three of us ended up playing the same character at some point but uh yes <laughs> yes i was ronald to begin with uh and then i think I you were ronald, ronald and when then... you had to disc- talk with ronald yes you know? <laughs> so it, it, it got, got a bit it confusing. Got stupid uh yeah, yeah chris as the uh, auctioneer <laughs> oh yeah, yeah the auctioneer d- yeah <laughs> and there was of course there was there was good cop and bad cop good yes cop, which cop. very quickly became bad cop and bad cop yeah <laughs> and then we had Rich russian goons the, Rich with his one line as the angry stripper yes <laughs> 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 Producing Lord knows what weapons from God knows where. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, it was definitely enjoyable. And I think the, the the thing that appealed to me most of all was this this, this element of negotiation. In that you don't always get your own way. In that if you start the scene, you don't get to decide how it ends. And if you don't start the scene, although you might get to t- determine how it ends, you could, you know, it could be the case that your character starts being tortured by Boris the Blade. You know, in a basement somewhere, um, and, and then you get to choose how how that scene ends. Um, so the, the, there's this kind of constant negotiation between all the players about how the story is going to go, um, and it did work in a way that we did get to somewhere where it was a satisfying story, as well as being a lot of fun. I thought, you know, it was it it it, it was at least as good as Guy Ritchie's latest film, you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> the one thing I do think is you need to have a group you can trust. Because mm. if you've got one guy that wants to be a dick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that can ruin the entire game. Yeah. Because there were a few scenes that if, for example, you wanted to say, well, actually my character steps out into the light and I'm actually a master assassin with holding a minigun and, you know, and I mow everyone down, even though you can choose for him to have a good ending or a bad ending, he has taken advantage of the fact that there are so few rules yeah. to your character. And again, in, in every single role play, I know. But it can easily make the situation not fun. Yeah. Um, especially if that character then wants to pick on a, another character. Oh, I want to I want to beat up this character. Why? Oh, because I'm a dick. Yeah. You know, it just <laughs> there's some... 
people who we know who would probably do that. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's a, a one of the other points I was coming to is is that it it is so so loose mm. in its structuring. There is no character sheet, so there is no uh, no dots, no numbers, no percentiles, nothing mm. to govern what your character could be. So you could be. Literally uh, Superman. You, you know, you could be a savant-like <laughs> genius one minute, and you could be Conan the Barbarian the next, and there's nothing to stop you doing that, um, apart from your own sense of narrative. Exactly. Which... And the narrative of the other players, because I think if, if anybody tried that last night, I'd be like, oh, it, really? That doesn't sound like you uh, Because we character. trust each other as a group. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, and yeah. we do respect each other, like, well, to have fun. We're, we're here, we've come we're to all... have fun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we have all played with games with, uh, with people who... Do not care about that kind of thing. Yeah, I just want to get one over on the other players and win, as Chris just yeah. pointed yeah. out. Yeah, we all know a player in a group somewhere who who behaves in that sort of way, and, and, and as such, this is not. A, yeah, it, it creates a negative environment. Yeah, you know the same can be said for any any game. You know, if you get a, a player and you're playing D and D, and all they want to do is try and secretly assassinate one of the other players for yep. no reason at all, it's the GM's worst nightmare. Um, or it's the GM's best friend if they haven't got a if they haven't got a plot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, you're, if you're GMing and you've got no plot, then you're about to you've, you've, you've got the wrong somewhere. I'm 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 not claiming anything either way. <laughs> I, yes. <clears throat> yeah, a GM should always have a semblance of where the story is going, even if they've got nothing prepared for that session. Uh, yes, that is true. But I I I do think that if. Uh, the player comes to you and says, "I want to do this," and it's an interesting thing to do. And I, I, I fully grant that yeah, yeah, yeah. The assassinating another player <laughs> character is not interesting in and of itself, unless they're doing it in an interesting way. Um, I, I do think that you know you should try and take on as much of the player's sort of feedback as you can to to channel the game in the way that they want to play it. Because absolutely, if, if you, but if that's the point of having a. A GM is that they will take the good and the bad and make it fun for everybody. Whereas in this, yeah, yeah, but it's you a, can't it, stop them. It's a it's a democratic process, though, isn't it? Because if they if what, they fiasco. yeah if if they set up the scene and they say, oh, right, I'm going to be I'm going to be turning around a minigun, I'm going to be an uber assassin. You just pick up the bad dice and say, well, I'm sorry, this this scene is going badly for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm. that's that's the mechanism. If they want to set themselves up as being a an uber character, you just say, right, well, have some bad stuff. Have some more bad stuff. But that initial setting of the scene that they have done yeah. has already broken that world a little bit. Potentially, yeah. But that... you could, yes, they could come out and say, oh, "I'm an uber assassin. I've got this mini gun," and then the other person puts the, the bad dice in. And as the scene resolves, is well, the mini gun's not real. They they only think they're an uber assassin, and then get actually. Taken out. You need strong other players to yeah. to control that. Yeah. But if you haven't got that, if if we were saying like you know, there's a lot of role players who aren't you know the strongest social characters, they will get steamrolled in a game like this. There yeah, is definitely so. the potential for that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas people who rely on dice, you can understand why people rely on dice when it comes to combat and things like this. That's you know to harken back to what I said before. It's, it's one of the principal reasons that an awful lot of people do play these kind of role play games is mm. because it gives them the 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 kind of uh, the bone structure of a character that they can then escape from the real world for a bit in order to to play the suave hero yeah and and things like that that they would not normally get to be in their normal day-to-day life and that that's quite a big part of this community and this this particular game really really hurts with people like that because if you're not outwardly confident 
and, and completely 100% relaxed with the group that you're playing in, there's no way you can take part in this game. I'd say the last time we did play Fiasco, we, there was a character that had that type of personality, should we say. And um, it, it made some of the scene setting and scene re- resolutions really difficult when they were potentially involved. Yeah, yeah, I think I can, I can remember where you're going with that one. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm going to stand by the point. It's, it, is, it is what it is. But once again, if you're, if you're that minded a player, then you probably wouldn't want to be playing this game anyway. Mm. And, and obviously you're not going to turn up and say, right, we're playing Fiasco whether you like it or not. No. So you, of course it gets around that by being exactly. that. But I'm just bringing up the point just because you know, I feel a bit overcritical. Uh, I don't. I can't understand why, Darren. Was it perhaps no, because I, I, was, I was slightly critical of Manchester Madness last week? <laughs> just, just slightly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, the I, I think it's a fair. It's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like I say, I stand by it. It's, hmm. it's valid. I just, as I say, it, it doesn't really come into it because you're not going to bring this game to a group that is full of people of that mindset. Yeah. You couldn't bring this to the first game session with a new group. You know, it's not like, oh, God. oh by the way, oh, you four people have just met, let's play Fiasco. It's not the type of game well, you can play to, I, to bond together. <laughs> I see this game really fitting well in a situation where you turn up and you say, right, let's play Fiasco to your group of friends in your drama group. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and people who are in theatre or musical theatre or anything like that, yeah, love it. Mm. It's it is it's improv theatre the game. I suppose it, it and, mm. and in that respect, it's wonderful, brilliant. But in terms of a traditional role playing situation, I don't think it fits as well. But I, well, I suppose why is that important? Why does it have to be? You know, we we all had a good time last night. Yes. You know, I, I think we've all had a good time when we've played it before, but, and we're not necessarily your target demographic on that. So I'm not sure. Well, we we had a good time last night because we were playing it with a view to reviewing it and, mm. and thinking about where it works and where it doesn't work. And back to a point, I mean, you made earlier. It's mm. it's a dem- democratic decision. Yeah. And I think we spent once we'd spent half the night actually establishing what the game was going to be and and the relationships and all that sort of stuff. We then spent half of the remainder of the night democratically deciding how each scene was going to go, and in terms of actually playing the scenes. We probably only spent maybe an hour of the entire evening actually role playing anything, which is pretty good for us. Well, <laughs> it's not a bad rate. <laughs> well, we, we did more the... role playing last night than we did uh, in the the last couple of uh, sessions of, of Wolfrop. Possibly, yeah. I, we we certainly did more rolling of dice in in Wolfrop. But obviously, I mean, fair enough, it was a combat heavy scene. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, so yeah. it's not exact. I'm not saying that's a criticism. I'm just saying that it's a completely different style of game. Yeah, you know, and it's it's unfair to compare them uh, because they're just, you know, the the the, the players that are going to really really enjoy this are not necessarily the same people that are going to really really enjoy rolling dice and being kind of into D and D and really sort of. I mean, I, to be fair, I enjoy yeah, well, both. That's that's what but, I made with my my theatre group. Mm comment it is yeah, it's I, people who are still... into that kind of thing yeah. are going to really enjoy this game people who are into what is a more traditional tabletop role-playing game mm. are not necessarily going to enjoy this one so much yeah we, we had fun yeah. and, and we enjoyed it and it was good it was a laugh yeah would but, you play it again next week 
God, no. <laughs> As I say, it's not a weekly thing, I don't no. think. And it, and it has to be a one-shot. That's an, like, yeah. Whether that's a downside or an upside, it's up to you. Yeah, to be fair, you, you, you wouldn't want this spreading over. You can't get invested in your characters. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. You, no you wouldn't want this spreading right. over two sessions. It's definitely a one-session sort of thing yeah. to do. And it, it, and it takes two or three hours to get through a, a fiasco. So it's, it's the perfect sort of, you know, one-off sort of game, I And think. I think any more than four or any fewer than four, I think four is the perfect number to play it. Any more, and it will just become madness. Mm. And any uh, and fewer than that, I think it becomes awkward. Well, it... Do, on the yeah. back, it, it does suggest three to five. So yeah, well, yeah, I suppose four they is the mean yeah. average. Day, yeah, <laughs> I think we can all agree. You couldn't four play with ten. Probably people. the good number. Yeah. If you tried to play it with like ten people, it, it oh yeah, you yeah, couldn't. You couldn't. It, but then you would say that about probably D and D as well. Or yeah, anything, yeah. So. yeah, any yeah, I mean, you, any kind of tabletop role playing game really doesn't lend itself to having six lots and lots of players. No. Really, <laughs> no. The part of the game which I enjoyed the most was the middle. Like I thought the beginning was slow. I thought the end could be anticlimactic. It wasn't for us, but yeah, I, I can see the potential for it. Whereas the middle is where it shone, where all the characters were were ready built. We all our relationships were already there, and we were just role playing and we were just making shit up on the fly, yep. and we were having fun. At that point, I was having fun. As soon as it, we went into the second act, we knew, okay, the end is coming. We've got to wrap this up, and. I th- we I think this was this was the problem when we played last time as well, was you almost bring around the end scene too quickly because you know you have to bring it, mm. and we knew that we wanted a big shootout at the end, guns, you know, violence and everything, you know, death everywhere, and we got there about two scenes too quickly, yeah, and then it felt rushed, and then when the ending did come, okay, it was a nice climatic ending, but we almost wasted two scenes. We could have just literally gone right, okay, this is Act Two, skip to the end. Because that's, I think what what it says in in the in the book is that not the the scenes don't necessarily have to be chronologically ordered. So perhaps what we could have done is knowing that those scenes were gonna ha- the the final scene was gonna be this big shootout with all the drugs and the guns and blah blah blah. You know we could have gone we could have done some flashback scenes or we could have done some other scenes that kind of fleshed out the story a bit more uh, rather than being like well we know we're gonna be there we're all ha- we we were half there anyway so. We we did miss a bit of an opportunity, but I think that's just one of those things that if you played it again, you might you might alter how you how mm. you think about the pacing. And we did pick a juicy setting, to be fair. We, yeah, the gangster London one. The is, gangster London. You know, you you've got enough enough media out there to be able to have knowledge on this situation. You yeah. know, watching Lockstock or Snatch or anything, or you know, any TV set in London. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I I think um, yeah, what you were just saying there about how we messed it up a bit and we decided at the at the switch we kind of decided where we wanted to end up and we were just like trying to chew through the scenes to get at it mm. that's more of a representation of of us not playing it as well as we could have done no rather than anything to do with the game itself no so that, yeah that's but, that's uh, more uh, on us than on the on the game i think isn't it yeah uh yeah no i think it's one of those things if you, if you play it often enough you kind of get the feel for the pacing uh because we we don't play it regularly uh, it's one of those things that you know, like I say, you spend the first four scenes figuring out your characters, the next sort of eight scenes figuring out where you want to go, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, we know where we want to go. Oh, yeah, maybe we could have pulled it back a bit here. or But you, because you, you, you're you not quite sure how time works when you're playing the game, you know, you have 16 scenes, but uh, if, if, you're, if the story's leading you one way, 
unless you're experienced in the system or you're experienced in, in that particular type of gameplay, you're not able to pull it back from that. So we, we kind of headed down that path a bit yeah. too early. I, you, I suppose it probably takes a fairly bold player to, to see where the momentum's building and then yeah. suddenly divert off. off somewhere yeah. entirely separate. And like, here's another scene that ties in yeah. where it's a I'm, completely different bunch yeah. of people doing a different yeah. thing, but it I, what I thought, in some way. What I've, you know, what, I've just, what I've just thought about my character is my character had a scene right before the end and I'd I'd kind of briefly discussed that you know I I was trying to steal the drugs so I could uh, I could sell or trying to sell the drugs so I could fund my my child going to university you know it might have been an interesting thing to have a flashback scene where I'm actually making that an explicit sort of thing in the in the in the game uh, so that the aftermath has a bit more pathos in that you now understand that there is this kind of a child character who is now going to be missing his parent because he's trying to do the right thing, but he just has to be a complete idiot when mm-hmm. he when he goes about it. I'd say there was a couple of setup scenes that we discussed and decided not to do, which could have also yeah. pushed. Well, again, when we yeah. were resolving at the end and we were saying, right, we want this to go badly, and then it was kind of like, well, actually, no, okay, well, it would fit the scene a bit better if it goes well. It, yeah. There was a lot of that going on. I'm not sure whether that was on us or whether it's the system or whether we just, you know, you know, painted ourselves into a corner, you know, a little bit when it came to the story, because it it was a little bit sad that we thought, right, it would be really funny if this went really badly for you now, and then saw the player then struggling well hang on i've set this up to be really good you know and i yeah. know I'm tr- i i don't know how to suddenly make this bad there yeah. was a few times where, and we okay okay make this good for yourself you know yeah. to save the struggle there was a little bit of that going on because mm. it's okay setting the scene but if you let them set the scene up too well it's like right okay i'm now you know on top of the world it's like well we want this to end badly it's like well i can't you know I, I, this is i'm i'm too like you I, know yeah. Painted this way at this point. As I said, there was one of the, that was that happened early on where um I we were playing a scene and it hadn't been resolved and then I suddenly realised that I was going through the scene as if it was gonna be good and then it, it was harder to get back. Whereas I think the best scene that we ever had was uh Onion being interviewed by two bent coppers. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and then I was given this will end badly for you, and let it slip that actually I had a hundred million pounds of you know yeah, stolen stolen money. money in a bank account, and please don't send me to prison to be raped. Yeah. and it was like you know that was it was yeah. funny, yeah, because <laughs> that's not how I saw that scene going. No, because we 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 always assumed that your character was this innocent bystander that got caught up in it, uh, and then the police had kind of. Uh, tried to interview you because they thought that you were actually the secret sort of middleman between the drug dealer and the kind of the rich elite of the city, uh, which actually turned out to be pretty true, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. for all the wrong reasons. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, it did work quite well in that respect. And you adding that extra layer to your character helped us get to a better ending. Mm. So Yeah, I think that, that worked particularly well and it stands out as the only or, or you know, the, the singular outstanding one moment where somebody was actually able to improvise on the fly <laughs> without any any outside guiding structure you know anyone can improvise when you've got the you know the, the bones of what's going on and you know and, and as a gm you know we've all done this before you can improvise a scene when somebody does something you're not expecting but in the context of this where there's no structure to, to improvise as quickly as you did and make a, a really fun outcome and suddenly change <laughs> 
quite a lot. I think if, if everybody was able to make those kind of decisions as quickly as you were able to then, then we would have had a much more exhilarating, much funner kind of evening of playing that game. But I, and I know I'm, I'm not going to be doing that sort of improvisation because my brain doesn't work that way. Mm. Um, and uh, Rich, you, you, yeah, also, you, know, you struggle with that sort of level of improv. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm, ve- I'm, ve- I'm quite good at pre-planning scenes and like sort of pre-getting how characters might go as a, a GM. But when it comes to yeah, just having no bones it. and just flipping it over, it's it's very difficult for me. It, mm. it is hard. It, you know, it's yeah. it, 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 it's not nice. It's not a natural thing that you know that people do, is it? <laughs> I, I think it's like anything. It's 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 a skill you can develop if you do it often enough. Yeah. Oh, if we play so, this every week, yeah. yeah is... Okay. Yeah, we definitely. You know, yeah. you you come up with scenarios in your head. Ready going into with a, with a yeah. regimented military training regime. Yes, we could all learn to improvise yes. as well as Chris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it sounds like Darren, you would not play this again in a hurry. Um, like I say, I, I've played it before, mm. maybe ten years ago, uh, and we've played it now. So I look yeah. forward to it uh, in another, in another ten, ten years. years. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Chris, you would you play it again in a hurry? Yeah, if you. Pulled this out, you know, one night saying, you know, oh, we've got nothing to do tonight. Let's play a different fiasco setting. Yeah. Yes. If I, if, with the right people in the room, yeah, I, I would play it. Cool. Rich? Um, yeah, more along the lines of Darren. Not, maybe not 10 years, but <laughs> definitely not as a sort of norm. Yeah. You know? So if it came out like it was like four people that, you knew possibly could do it, then I'd I wouldn't I would join in without without fuss, but it wouldn't mm. be a first choice. Well, yeah. that, that's kind of my point. Is that I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't choose to play it if it did come across, and um, maybe once again if somebody had a specific idea of the the bones of what a story they wanted it to to be told, mm. then then maybe. But just plumbing into a completely randomly generated thing where you've got no idea what to expect and what you're going to be doing well i think that's that's for me that's part of the charm is that you get to decide your own story in a way that is kind of collaborative and it's, it's kind of exciting to be doing it on the fly well yeah i mean that's that's kind of what the game mm. it's what it does what it says on the tin yeah yeah, it's, yeah. It, it can be a fiasco <laughs> if you don't like campbell's meatballs then mm. You don't want what it says on the tin. That's true. That is true. Happily, I can say that I, I do want what's on the tin. <laughs> uh, Fiasco is definitely one of my favourite games of all time. So I would play it again next week. i play it again now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so Would you pick it over a, a one-shot D&D or a one-shot um, uh, Warhammer Fantasy roleplay? If somebody came to you and was like, I've got this one-shot, one camp, one... Uh, I think if somebody had got something written, then I'd be like, oh, well, you know, if you've got something written, we'll play what you've written. But I think if if we got to the point where it's like, okay, well, we either play Munchkin again or Fiasco, I'd, <laughs> I'd go with Fiasco. Yeah, uh, you have a thing against Munchkin. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, uh, as a one-shot thing... It is good for that. Just yeah. pick up and play. It's yeah. that's it. Setup required zero. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I've I've apart from half the entire set. Yeah. But that's that's well, yes. <laughs> that, that is the game. You know. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. It's it's not like you're setting up to play the game. It's that not is rolling the game. dice for a character sheet. Yeah. That's, I was gonna say yeah. I've I've had it before where where I've I've had a group where it's gone. We're running a one shot campaign. The hour before we start, just bring character bones. Mm. You know, dice rolled. And it's taken 
two, three sessions to finish this supposed one-shot campaign. Because the, gr- the groups I've played in are dedicated to the game. Most definitely they enjoy the, like, the sort of the games. But we're not the type of group where we, we go, we've got four hours to play a role-play game. As soon as we turn up, you're in character, we start, and then we end when the ending says. We, it, we, we take time to get into whatever we're doing. Yeah. yeah. And, well, that's what Fiasco does well. It, it forces you to be in character because the story does not move in unless you're in character. You don't go, I go and I do this, or I say this to you. No, you have to physically say it. Yeah. You yeah. have to physically role-play it. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah, because you've got no dice to roll no, to say. There's no, nothing to fall back I'll on. I'll use my charm. Yeah, go on then. Yeah, go on. Then. <laughs> you know, speak to me. It's very much a, it's a challenge. To be honest, you know, it's yeah. a challenge, and I, I really enjoy that as a as a as a game. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think personally, I think that's one of its biggest drawbacks mm. is the fact that you are you you are chucked in with no prep, no mm. determination. You haven't really had any time to develop a character or think about what sort of character you want to play, and you're forced to act that character and to improv that character mm. off the bat immediately and if you don't the game doesn't go yeah and i I find that really really frustratingly awkward um cumbersome just really really uncomfortable to begin with you know bottle of wine down yes everybody's having a fun time yeah (laughs) it's certainly not the sort of thing i could walk into a you know a a room and do of a casual tuesday afternoon yeah i must admit there was a couple of times during the early scenes where i turned away from the end of the scene going that was too awkward, and I feel embarrassed now. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. You know, if you're not if you're not into that level of of performance acting, mm. then then it is very uncomfortable and very awkward. Yeah. But well, once again, I, you know, when you, when you're in a room full of friends, you know, we can all kind of overcome yeah. those sort of things together, and, and we did have a lot of fun. It was a good laugh. Yeah. So you know, always going to give it that. Yeah. <laughs> friends, yes, with strangers. Oh God, no, no, no. But then, I mean, I think most people are about that. Any kind of role play, not the sort of thing to necessarily be doing with strangers, anyway. It's like playing cards against humanity with people you don't know. Yeah, God, no. You, you, it's just you, you wouldn't do it. It's a way to ruin political careers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that's probably enough on fiasco. I think uh, we've 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 talked it through. I think there's a there's not a consensus, but there is certainly a consensus that it is a fun time if it's your thing. You know, if if you're into yeah, very much more, so. I can see why uh, improvisational sort of stuff, you'll definitely enjoy. It. If you're a bit more into rolling some dice and being a bit more structured in your storytelling, you probably want to avoid it. Seems fair. Yeah. Cool. Right. Any uh, any outward bound words? Nope. Um, <laughs> Are we going to let Nate do the outro? Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was leaning towards. <laughs> and end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.